Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, everyone. Good to be together again, and I'm still talking about this amazing word of assembling, uh, at the moment, from the Old Testament. Actually, I started out telling you that I found 12 Hebrew words that mean assembling and coming together and congregation. But then I found 14 words. And then, can you believe it, this last week I found another one. So now I have found 15 Hebrew words to describe the assembling of God's people together. And there are so many verses on each one of these Hebrew words. It's amazing when you begin to look it up, the Old Testament and then later in the New are just filled with the words of the assembling of God's people It is something that's so much on his heart. And we were talking at the end of last session about um, this word, asaph, which means to assemble together for a purpose. And there were many different purposes. One of the purposes was for battle, of course. And uh, I just had a few more scriptures about that. Uh, From that beautiful chapter in Judges uh, chapter 5, this is Deborah's song about the battle uh, when they went out to fight uh, against King Jabin and his general Sisera, who had 900 chariots of iron. And yet the children of Israel, they hardly had a weapon in the whole of the nation. But uh, Deborah encouraged Barak to go out to war, and he said, okay, well, I'll do it if you come with me. And uh, in her song, uh, she says, verse 2, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, because God did avenge them and they won the victory, when the people willingly offered themselves to the Lord. Verse 9, my heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Verse 15, and the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Go down to verse 18. Zebulun and Naphtali were people that jeopardized their lives unto the death in the high places of the field. And and so she was in just blessing and uh, the ones that had willingly come to the battle. But sadly, some of them didn't come to the battle. And we see in verses 12 to 17, verse 23, um, The New Living Translation says here, In the tribe of Reuben there was great indecision. Why did you sit at home among the sheep fields to hear the shepherds whistle for their flocks? Yes, in the tribe of Reuben there was great indecision. Gilead remained east of the Jordan. And why did Dan stay home? Asher sat unmoved at the seashore, remaining in his harbors. 
Curse ye morose, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to help the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. And so in her great song, she praised those who willingly came, but she it was not very nice what she had to say about those who didn't come to the battle. And I think that's always much the same, isn't it? There's those who are willing to get into the battle, to stand for truth. There are those who are willing to get in the battle, uh, to pray uh, and to bring um the blessing of God and the move of God and to come against the evil and the enemy that is encroaching upon our land. <clears throat> you see, prayer meetings are where we really get into the battle. Prayer meetings are battle meetings. My husband, he loves to talk about <clears throat> um, battering ram prayer meetings. He loves battering ram prayer meetings. Well, he takes that, of course, from uh, how they went to warfare back in those days. And the Bible speaks about the battering ram and how um, there would be a whole lot of soldiers and uh, they would all they'd get this big long pole or log and uh, it would have a sharp point on the end of it and they would all hold it. I, I don't know, maybe they could have 20, 50, maybe 100 men, and they would all run together against the, the walls and the gates, the gates of the city to ram them. And so they would just run and just ram this battering ram into the walls. And of course, it may not work the first time, so they would go back, and then they would come, and they would ram it again. And then they would go back and they would ram it again until they broke through the gates and the walls of the city to get to the enemy. <clears throat> so my husband loves battering ram prayer meetings where we're not just sitting around praying just little prayers, but we are really coming against the enemy uh, to fight the battles of the Lord in the prayer meeting because this is where our greatest battles are fought because we're not fighting against flesh and blood we are fighting against principalities and powers as it tells us in second corinthians 10 5 and so i think it's the same there's those who want to come and get in the battle uh, of the prayer meetings but then there's those who never come. They just stay home, do their thing. That really saddens me because especially in this hour uh, in which we are living and we are seeing such evil encroach upon our nation, the evils like we have never seen before of this sex trafficking, it is becoming so incredible. I was just listening this morning to a podcast about what is happening down on the southern border. 
and how many of these children are really being used in sex trafficking. It is horrendous and nobody is doing any... Well, there's people who are trying to do stuff, but no one in government is doing one thing about it. And we're facing this transgenderism and the mutilation of children changing from the sex that God gave them. And it goes on and on. I wonder how people can just sit back and, you know, watch a movie and and just sort of not feel the need to get into the battle. And, and precious mothers... Yes, we even though we are busy with our children and our families, we've got to get into this battle too because the future of our children is at stake. I mean, our children are either going to grow up in a nation where this evil is going to grow worse and worse or where through prayer we see a mighty revival and a turning back to God. What kind of a nation do you want your children to grow up in? And we have such a responsibility. And uh, so you may think, well, how on earth do I ever get to a prayer meeting with all my little children? Well, you would be surprised, you know. It's really what you want to do. I think last night was our weekly prayer meeting. We have one on our home here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights at Serene and Sam's. Uh, And we were at Serene and Sam's last night. And Oh, it's just amazing to look around and just see the families, to see the mothers with their little toddlers, their babies. One mother, she's just gave birth just a month or so ago, and she's there with all her 11 children and her 11th nursing baby. I mean, we don't have prayer meetings where it's just the adults. We have all the family all the children and all the little ones, just like it says in the Word, when God brought his people together to hear something he wanted to say or for the prayer or to cry out to him, he told them, bring everyone, the mothers, the fathers, the young people, the little taffs, that's a Hebrew word, T-A-P-H. And it means uh, the toddlers. It, it speaks of the, of the um, you know, the, the running of little children. Just the ones we think, oh, goodness me, they shouldn't be there. They would be such a disturbance. But God wants them there. And the nursing babies. And let me share this with you. Um, we had a big accident on the hilltop this last week. Uh, Monday night, one of our uh, young teenage boys living here on the hilltop, he is a twin, 16-year-old, and uh, he had a four-wheeler accident. And uh, it looked very, very bad. And his leg was just twisted right out to right angles. 
and uh, they thought other bones were broken in his body. His head was all gashed open, and uh, the ambulance came, and they realized um, they would have to life-light him. And uh, so they called for the helicopter, and he was life-lighted into Vanderbilt Hospital. But we were all praying. All praying. We were having a barbecue that night, but we all got together to pray. Everyone was praying, and God did miracles, amazing miracles. By the time he got to the hospital, this leg that was right out sideways, it it was just about back in place. And uh, anyway, he had to go into surgery, and uh, we were praying, and, and he came out of surgery. His father was telling us he came out praising the Lord. He was just about um, blowing the hospital down. He was praising the Lord so hard. And uh, it, it was just amazing. And miraculously, it was just a total miracle. He came home Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon. Well, they thought they'd have to just get him in a special bed to rest. Well, you know what? This young man, only 16 years old, he's at every prayer meeting and he is always praying. He has such a heart for God. He, he's, his heart is on fire for God. Well, you know what? He said to his parents, I'm going to the prayer meeting. He would not miss. So after coming home from hospital, being life-lighted two days earlier, he was at the prayer meeting last night. Doesn't it show you? It's not even circumstances. It's our hearts. It's where we are. Who will come to the battle of the Lord? Amen. In fact, you know, it does take sacrifice. It takes effort to go to a prayer meeting. Uh, it's much easier to stay home, read a book, watch a movie. That's easy. But it takes effort to go to a prayer meeting. In fact, I think it's even uh, easier to just go to a Bible study where you can just sit back and listen or just, you know, talk a little bit and add a bit than to come to a prayer meeting where you have to actively get involved and pray. Because that takes work, that takes getting into the battle. But it's time for that. Can you say amen? Now, if you don't know, have a prayer meeting anywhere around you, you can start one in your home. You can, you can just invite some, one, even if it's one other family who has, who has a heart to pray and get together and pray. And of course... You can have your battering ram prayer meetings every morning and evening with your own family, can't you? Now, uh, another reason why um, people were called together, the word Asaph, uh, Jacob called all his family together to bless them. That's a beautiful thing too, isn't it? A powerful thing to bless your family. And this was coming to the end of Jacob's life. And uh, he was giving a prophetic blessing over all of his children. Genesis 49, 1 and 2. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. 
gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. And so uh, I can remember when uh, Serene's husband, Sam, when his father passed away, uh, it's an incredible story uh, about his passing. Will I take time to tell you? Maybe just briefly. Um, his father uh, got cancer and he, he began to get this huge growth under his arm. It was so huge. And uh, he, he was just looking absolutely like death warmed up. And um, <clears throat> uh, we knew that this was pretty serious. And at that time, this was many years ago, Serene had been reading about how that um, raw food and juicing can help to eradicate cancer. So those of you who know Serene know she is just one of these psychos. So, okay, if you're going to do something, you do it. So she said to her father-in-law, Now, Dad, if you will do this, maybe you will get healed. And she said, I will help you. He was living with them at the time. I will help you. I will juice for you every day. And um, we'll just make raw foods. And this was when Serene got onto her raw food fad. Well, I have to tell you about the end of that. But anyway, so... She decided she would eat only raw to be with her father-in-law. And Colin, my potato meat-eating husband, he said, uh, James, he said, if you'll do it, I'll do it with you to support you. I couldn't believe it. So even Colin did it. So I thought, help, if he's doing it, I'll do it. So we all went raw. But then uh, Serene she juiced, they, you know, got in 40 pounds of carrots a week as well as all the other stuff, and she juiced. And Do you know what? We watched a miracle. We watched this man who was just, his face was grey, and his face began to come pink again, and this huge tumour began to just fade away until it was gone. And he was healed. It was totally amazing. Well, a few things happened after that. Okay, Colin thought, okay, that's it. He's healed. Praise the Lord. I can get back to eating what I want. And so did James. He thought, oh, I'm healed. So I can get back to just eating what I want. And he ate a lot of junk food. Well, Serene, she thought, wow. If it can do that, this is how I'm going to live. So she began her raw food lifestyle. Well, I guess if you know her story, she did that for seven years. But, of course, she realized eventually that kind of thing can be used miraculously to help eradicate a cancer, but it's not a lifestyle. And it began to have negative effects upon her health. And uh, in the end, she came to realize that this wasn't right and that she wasn't living in the perfect will of God because 
God has all the five food groups in the Bible, and therefore she needed to be eating every one of them. And so that's where she and Pearl started their journey to seek the Lord for his mind, and uh, they began Trim Healthy Mama. Now, what about James? He was healed, but he went back to the way he was eating before, and he ate junk food. And a year or so went by, and this cancer came back. And this time, I don't know, he just didn't want to face the challenge. Serene would juice for him. He was now uh, living in another place, and she would take juice around to him, and it wouldn't even be touched. He just wouldn't even touch it. And so she had to give up. And so what happened this time? Instead of watching him change and just come back to health and this tumor disappear, instead began to get gray again and this tumor became bigger and bigger and bigger. And as the months went on, this he was really just about all tumor and his body was just skin and bones. And so we were watching him die. But to get back to my story about blessing your family, uh, I never forget the, the ending of his days. And uh, I remember at the end he brought all his family around him and he prophetically blessed each one of them. And uh, Colin and I, uh, were so um, close to him too. And uh, so he even blessed us, spoke words over us. It was a beautiful thing. And we were there actually as he passed. And uh, it was a beautiful passing. He was there with us and uh, blessing right to the end uh, until he just went into an unconscious state, and he was just breathing, then barely breathing, then he was gone. It was just so peaceful into the presence of the Lord. Now, when they built the coffin for him, um, we, we had to do, Sam got it done specially because it had to be so wide to fit in this tumor. Um, which reminds me of another story. I'm just thinking of this story now. And uh, this is a story of my niece. Uh, two of my nieces just came from New Zealand recently. And one of these nieces, a beautiful, beautiful mother. Uh, and, uh, well, she's now a grandmother. And a while back, her husband passed away. He passed away through a very, very, very radical cancer. Um, a cancer that they said he wouldn't last even two weeks. But they began to believe God. And they just moved into such a place of faith and trusting God. And, and even in the face of the, the, the medical profession saying he could never last another day, just about every day, he lasted another seven years and they had another beautiful seven years together. 
And uh, she was just believing for his total healing. Uh, but it didn't happen. But she was blessed with another seven years. But she was telling us the whole story. I'm going to give you a little tiny bit of it today. And uh, around our table just the other week, in fact, we had all the family just with us. And and I think there was hardly a dry eye around the family. But she was telling us about his going into the presence of the Lord. You know, I was thinking, it's such an amazing thing when a baby is born. Oh, is there anything more amazing in the whole of the world to see a new life, a new baby coming into the world? I don't think so. But then I, I think there is another amazing thing. It's not the incredible, just a wonder of new life, but there's something amazing about it, of when someone goes into the presence of the Lord and you are feeling the atmosphere of heaven. Have you had that experience? It is so amazing. And uh, Heather was telling us about her husband and and. Um, he said, oh, uh, where is Heather? She was right beside him. So she came around where he could see her. But she said his eyes were not on her. His eyes were upon the Lord. And he was just seeing the Lord. They, they watched him just going into the presence of the Lord as his eyes were upon the Lord. But then... After he died, something amazing happened. They uh, were just, well, actually, it was after he was laid out. And uh, one of her children were looking at the body and they said to their mother, to Heather, Mum, I can't see this tumor because it was big. It was huge. It was noticeable. And she said, well, okay, well, let's take down the sheet. They took down the sheet. His body was perfect. There was absolutely no sign of where that tumor had been. God healed his body as he went into the presence of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And uh, Serene piped up and she said, well, yes, that is a miracle. That is not something ordinary. Because I remember when Sam's father passed away and we had to get this huge, uh, build this special extra huge coffin uh, for him to fit in this tumor. But here, amazingly, God just took it away as he went into the presence of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Anyway, I got onto a few sidetracks there, didn't I? So uh, let's move on. Oh, another uh, reason this word is used so much in the Bible, Asaph, is the gathering of God's people back to the land of Israel. Oh, and there's so, so many scriptures about that. Oh, goodness me, I'm going to read you just one or two. I can't help it because I just love uh, these scriptures about the returning of the, the God's people to the land. And 
you can actually go to my webpage above rubies.org and if you go to articles and stories and then uh, is um, Israel and the land and then you can look up everlasting possession and there I have all these scriptures uh, written out for you to check out all these wonderful promises how God is going to bring back his people to his land let's just look at one or two of them Ezekiel eleven seventeen, and I will even gather you from the people and assemble you Asaph, assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered and I will give you the land of Israel <clears throat> and of course we are living in the fulfillment of these prophetic words um, for many many years and then especially when Israel became a nation in 1948 and more and more of God's people began to came, come back to the land from the four corners of the earth and Israel is now a thriving nation a nation was born in a day, as the Bible says. But God is still bringing back his people because they're not all back yet. <clears throat> Micah 2.12. Now, just as I read this, just listen. In this scripture, there are five references in one scripture to the gathering of God's people back to the land. And then there's two other words that we could also add. But five words about assembling. See if you can pick them up. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Bozrah, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. Okay, did you find them? I'll go over it again. I will surely, that is Asaph, um, assemble Asaph. God uses the word two times. He is so adamant about it. This promise will be fulfilled. Surely I will assemble thee, O Jacob, all of thee, not just some, all of thee. I will surely, kabas, that's another word for assembly. Uh, I will surely gather, kabas again, another word for assembly. The remnant of Israel, and I will put them together, yahad, as the sheep of Bozra. So there were five different uh, Hebrew words for assembling. My, God could have said it once. He could have said, I will assemble you. But no, he doesn't. I will surely assemble thee. I will surely gather thee. I will put you together. I mean, five words. And then he says, as a flock. Well, that's not singular, is it? Plural. And... Uh, in the midst of their fold. That's also a plural word. And they will make a great noise because there'll be such a multitude of them. Another plural word of them all gathering. Wow, that's just one verse. Isn't it amazing? But you know what? Oh, and I've just been thinking about this lately. You see, 
As they have been coming back to the land, it's the Jews who are coming back, mainly from the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and Levites, the, the um, priesthood. And uh, But where are the ten tribes? You see, the ten tribes were uh, cast out of Israel well before the Jewish uh, the tribe of Judah, uh, in 586 BC, uh, the Jews were taken to Babylon um, because of their sins. But the ten tribes have already gone. And where are they? Does anybody know where they are? I don't know where they are. I don't think anyone knows where they are. But God says, I'm also bringing back all my people, not just Judah, but all of them, and Israel too. So, dear ladies, we have yet to see some amazing miracles happen. Let's have a read here. Jeremiah 3.18 In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel. And they shall come together out of the house of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. Isaiah 11, 11 to 13. And the, he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel. Israel. And gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim, Ephraim always speaks of the ten tribes. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. Hosea 1.11, then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. Now, I've got to tell you this scripture. It's Jeremiah 16, 14 to 16. And I think this scripture is talking about the miracle that's going to happen to reveal these ten tribes and bring them back to the land. It says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. You see, Perhaps the greatest miracles that we've ever seen in the history of the world were the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and, and those plagues that God brought upon the Egyptians so that they would free them. And then they're coming through the Red Sea and those waters piling up high and then walking through on dry land. Have we ever seen anything like that since? But this scripture says that People will no longer say, wow, the Lord God who brought them out of, the, out of the land of Egypt. No, people will say, the Lord God who brought the children Israel out of all the lands where he cast them out. And he goes on, behold, I will send for 
fish many fishes, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them, and after that I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill, and out of the holes of the rocks, for mine eyes are upon all their ways. Listen to this. They are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. Now, at the moment, they are hidden um, from all of us. We don't know where they are, but they're not hidden from God. Isn't that amazing? Now, in the transcript, uh, I will give you lots of other scriptures that you can look up about God specifically saying that he's going to bring back Israel as well. Well, I don't know where time has gone, but we're going to have to close this session. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, we realize as we just live in your word how much you love the assembling of your people, the gathering of your people together. Lord God, you never want us to be an isolated people. You want us to be a together people. Help us to be those who come together with the saints, who come together to pray, who come together for battle prayer meetings and battering ram prayer meetings. And Lord God, help us to be also those who are aware of what you are doing in this hour and how you are bringing your people back to your land. And Lord, you've promised you're going to bring back even those 10 tribes. They are not lost. They're not hidden from you. So we ask, Lord, for the great fulfillment of all your promises. Help us to always be listening and watching and and waiting, Lord, to, to know what you are doing in this hour. Save us from having our heads in the sand. Lord God, teach us of your ways. Let us be like the children of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel should do. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.